three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music. Where tonight, I, Jason, I'm sitting with my friend Greg. Say what's up, Greg. Hey, Jason. Mike. Hello, Jason. And Kevin. Say what's up, Kev. Hello, Jason. Hello, listeners. Welcome back, gentlemen. Good to have you. Good to be back. Um, tonight we are doing a episode where I can honestly say we have done a little over 80 of these and this is the first time that I'm sitting across from someone that is teaching me something that I literally have no idea what this is about. See, I just, I don't believe that. When we get done at the end of this, you're going to be surprised at how much you already know. I hear you say that, but I, I don't even know, I can't right now tell you what category of music if i know some of these songs that it would be even in that category i don't know what this category of music means we are doing tonight new wave Mm -hmm. and i must honestly say i don't know what that means probably because there's not a station for it like yacht rock (laughs) there's a new wave station on serious right first wave for a first wave so first wave new waves it's similar yeah but before we do that let's let's do our segment this is my jam and i'd like to go first if you guys wouldn't mind allowing me to do that because this is a song that has captured my ears so to speak this week specifically and for a very odd reason and i want to play it for you to see if you have a similar experience with it so i told you last time we that we did a podcast that the band that I'm in does some really weird covers. And sometimes when I download those covers and then Apple music will suggest songs in that same category, it will take me down a path of just songs. I I, I really don't know. So this is what happened to me (laughs) this week. I stumbled upon this song. This is fire Lake by Bob Seger and the silver bullet band. Do you know this song? Are you song? saying you didn't know this? I did not know this song. Yeah. Mike? Classic. Don't Sorry. know it. No. Greg? Nope, not yet. Okay. Now, this is uh, uh, off of his album, Against the Wind, which, of course, I knew. Right. But I didn't Great know. Tune. Great tune. 1980. I didn't know this song, though. So, Did you not know or own the Bob Seger Greatest Hits album? No, I did not. Okay. Was this on it? Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right, so this was a big song. I then... The way that the song is structured is it's three verses, and after the second verse, there's like a B section or maybe a, a middle eight. It just it, it changes pace, it changes timing, changes tempo, everything. When we get into the third verse, there's harmonies that come in, and they were haunting me. I I swear I knew from some other place where these harmonies came from or what they sounded like, and I. I Listen to the song maybe eight, nine, ten times over and over again until it finally hit me. So I'm going to play that third verse for you, and you tell me if you have a similar experience. Now, Kevin, you knew, you know the song, so maybe you already know what this is. But I'm going to play it, and you tell me uh, if, if it does that same thing for you. So this, okay. is, the, this is the third verse. harmonies right here. Does that sound like anything to you or is it Wait, just me? Is it a sample of one of your guys' like, rap songs? Nope, it's not a sample. 
one more time. It was so, haunting me. It sounds very Eagles-ish to me. It is the Eagles singing the harmonies. It took me. I can't believe you got it. Yes, wow. it's exactly right. Kevin's good. You are I didn't really know it. Good. But that's, yeah, that's what it sounded like. It's exactly that, right? I mean, it's it's it sounds to me exactly like. I was gonna say peaceful, easy feeling is what it sounds like. Yeah. Right. So it is Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and another. So I forgot who the other third person was singing the harmonies Timothy for Bob Seger. Maybe. Doesn't it's not. It sounded a little like peaceful, easy feeling. It does. Like the back, the yes, back end, so. yes, for sure. Cool. So anyway, they were great friends. Bob Seger wrote songs for the Eagles, which I didn't know that. So after I dug through to find us all this out, and so yeah, the Eagles they did a lot of work together, and they're singing harmonies on Fire Lake. So that's been my jam. Hey, wait, did Seger ever write a song for Elvis? No, it's not funny, Kev. But it has to be done every podcast. No, he did not. All right, who wants to go next, Mikey? Sure. Okay. And I'll just uh, Can't prep. Can't got the Eagles, by the way. <clears throat> Go ahead. I will preface it with saying this is for Kevin. Oh, Going nice. back to my roots here on my, this is my jam. <laughs> we know what that means. Yes. This is a uh, song that was released on an EP by the Foo Fighters in 2015. Okay. Uh, initially offered exclusively on vinyl with only 4,000 copies made. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it's extremely, although released in 2015, it's very early Dave Grohl. All right, hold on. Before you play it, are you playing this for me because you know how much I love your shtick of playing a Foo Fighter song for almost every This Is My Jam? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. And it has something to do with our podcast tonight. Oh, all right. Well done. So uh, just going back to early raw, this is raw Dave Grohl. This is a demo. It's a B-side of an original demo that he recorded in 1991 before the Foo Fighters were even a band. Oh, wow. But they re-released it in 2015 with this like archive album that they released. So, sorry, post-Nirvana but pre-Foo Fighters? Kind of like in between. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So he recorded it by himself. Got it. Um, And it's a slightly new wave cover. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. Originally recorded... Hope you don't have this, Kevin. In 1981, by Kim Wilde. This Do is not. this is okay. the Foo Fighters with Kids in America. Looking out a dirty old window, down below the cars in this city go rushing by. Do you know it? No. I sit here alone. I think when it gets to the chorus, yeah, 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 yeah. Give it. It's rocking. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Right here. You never heard no, this? No, never heard this. Yeah. Nope. It sounds early. It sounds like I, like he's definitely younger. Yeah. But, no. you, but you've never heard the original. Nope. So the original was 1981. He redid it in 1991. Again, just a demo. Never released it. It's really officially. good. It's rocking. Yep. All right. Maybe this podcast is going to be a little more difficult. I told I you I know nothing. I, I'm, I'm, we'll, get, we'll get to it, and I will prove that to you, I believe, by the end of the night. All right, Greg, you're up. 
All right, so I'll start with just the lyrics of this oh, tune. Okay. And um, the way this band performs, it it kind of speaks to them because a lot of times you don't know what they're saying, but there's something to it. It it brings you in. Okay. And so I'll start. The lyrics start. It doesn't matter what I say, so long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection, but I've said nothing so far, and I keep it up for as long as it takes, and it doesn't matter who you are. If I'm doing my job, it's your resolve that breaks, because the hook brings you back. Love this And this And this song is just a perfect example. Like, it doesn't matter what I say, as long as I say it, you know, in a way that's entertaining, you're going to like it. I love the lyrics on this song. It's so cleverly written. Right. Yeah. I have from the lyrics. I have no idea what this is. Are you no. serious? Same. Remember, so you will know this not a lyrics guy. You're not a lyrics right. guy. Yes. So I will, I will not say the band or the song. I'm just going to play it. I think Kevin will know both. So here we go. All right. Everybody, yeah, you guys are going to know this. Yes. One of my favorite songs to play on the guitar. Ooh, the harmonica I think is giving it away. Yeah, it is. This is from the 90s. All right, correct. This is Blues Traveler. That is correct. Okay. I don't know the name of the song, but I guess it's called Hook. Oh, it's called Hook. Called Hook, yeah. And in, in the second verse, he actually talks about Captain Hook. Like, he's talking about absolutely nothing. The whole, the whole first verse is about he could say whatever he wants to say. Greg, I'm totally stealing your thunder, and I apologize here. But he, he basically says, I could say, as long as I say it well, and I say it with, it with like passion and, and inflection, you're going to think I'm saying something important. See? The truth is all you're waiting for is the hook. <laughs> it, yeah, so is yeah, this proving exactly. my, my theory about lyrics maybe aren't as important? Yes, as, but when you actually listen to the lyrics, uh, yeah, what okay. he's saying is really, really complex and deep. Gotcha. Yeah. So Well done, Greg. That's good. Yeah, good love song. that song. So that's, All right, that's cool. Mine. That's your jam. All right, Kev, you're up. All right, Jason, Mike, yes. and Greg. This is my jam. Great sound. How come? How come it's your jam? First, do you know what it is? I do. Yeah. Oh, great song. Mysterious Ways by you two. Great tune, rocking song. So, this was the second single released on the album Actung Baby, right? Um, reached number number nine, though. It's the highest charting single on the, on the Billboard Hot 100 for that album. Okay. This is my favorite album from them. You had said that when we did the U2 podcast. Right? Remember, you, so, you had we, said we, they were the, we, the best openers of all time, the so best was, album openers of all time. Correct. So, I did a podcast on why I think they did the best opening songs on, off albums. Yeah. Um, it's a top five band for me. So let me ask you do, you, do you think you have an idea as to why I selected this song based on current events? Um, the first thing that came to my mind when you said current events was I just recently saw Bono at the White House for the, um, what is it, the, uh, um, the president's address, you know, the um, State, of the, State of the Union address. Does it have anything to do with that? Come on. Am I going to get political on this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, okay. Then I have no idea. How about, why. did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Yes. yes. Did you see the advertisement for you two? No. 
Okay, so they are going to do a residency in Las Vegas. No kidding. Yeah, so they did a 30-second spot um, during that, and they're going to be at the new $2 billion MSG Sphere, which I don't know if you guys have been to Vegas recently, but no, it, it looks no. kind of like the Epcot um, you know, Spaceship Earth yeah, Ball. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, it's building. It's a 17,500-square-foot, I mean, 17,500-seat arena oh, in wow. Vegas. And... It's estimated that they are going to earn about at least a minimum of a million dollars per show. Oh, come on. And probably a lot more than that. Um, but here, here's what's so interesting to me about it. Like, when we were growing up, who, who did residencies in Vegas? Cher. Cher. She is one. <laughs> right. Uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, right. Wayne Newton. Wait, yep. yep. Engelbert yeah. Humperdinck, for sure. Yep. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. And listen, even when this album came out in but 1990. Vegas is different now, right? It's, it's, that's old Vegas. Maybe old, old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. That's true. But that's so, true. this is stuff like our grandparents listen to. And now, one of my favorite bands from my youth is playing. Is oh, doing I see a what you are, are we getting old and those yeah, are no, the old bands? Not are we getting old. We are old. <laughs> no, you no, two's no. doing a residency. No, no don't say that. Don't yeah. say that. But they're so, also bringing big, bigger people into Vegas. Yeah, right? I think so too. Well, let's go with that. Even though Kevin does make a point, relevant. at the time those were the yeah, big, they were huge. Those were yeah, the big yeah, people yeah. of that time. I don't know. So they're doing they're, they're doing twelve shows on con, like in consecutive weekends. They said only weekend shows. Um, oh. so yeah, twelve. Is a residency weekends. twelve shows? I mean, that's pretty light, it, right? I mean, Sherry lived there. She did two shows a day for six days a week. Or so I, I, like I think that, I think right? that's the new residency in Vegas, right? Oh, okay, you know, Sting right. just did one recently, kind of the same. Um, but anyways, I, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get to one of them when the, when the tickets come out. I would love to see a million dollars a show they're going to make. They take it at least. Be. That's crazy. Oh, great tune, though. All right. All right, gentlemen, let's get to it. Um, again, I, I don't even know how to introduce this. I don't know what to say to you to even kick this off. So I'm literally going to just hand it over to you and tell me whatever you think I need to know about a genre that I, I, I don't even know what it means. So go. Take it from here. I know nothing. I will uh, pass it to Kevin. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one of the reasons I played you two um, is a segue to tonight's topic. Not because they're necessarily new wave. But they were bursting onto the scene in the late 70s, right around the same time that this new wave was coined and came into the musical lexicon. All right. Can I interrupt along the way and ask questions? Absolutely. Okay. Because is is this genre marked by, like Yacht Rock, primarily a, a, a spot of time? Or is it the sound of of the music or is it many different things so i'm, I'm kind of like i did with yacht rock yeah. i'm going to give you the oh, criteria right, cool. okay okay for what it is nice this um, is going to be great then so so u2 was post punk is what it was called okay yep but the other genre that was adjacent to it rising at the same time as punk's wake was kind of you know in punk's wake i should say is new wave so i hope everybody breaks out their members only jackets <laughs> Gets their Aquanet out to yep. uh, to tease up that hair, which of course I can't do anymore since I don't have it. Actually, only only one of the four of us will right. be able to use only, Aquanet. Only, only Greg um, has it. And uh, bring out your Casio synthesizer because we are surfing to this style of music on the episode tonight. Wow! Before I describe um, and then play what New Wave is, let's play what it was a response to. Oh, ready? Now. 
You're not a punk fan at all. So yeah, so that's Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols, and I am not a punk fan. No. Don't particularly care much for that song. Uh, but, and I, of course, yeah, I've been on record a couple times saying that punk is not my type of music. The vocals are usually harsh. I mean, you can yeah, hear that, that harshness there. Yeah, right. And the music is also, it's pretty politically charged. I mean, yep. Anarchy in the UK. Yep. Talking about the Queen. So let me, let me go to one more punk song to show you how much I really don't like it. You ready? <laughs> It has its right, place. I gotta cut it out. <laughs> off right there. I it can't has even its listen place. to that. It's just not for me. So it, that was that was Police Story by Black Flag, by the way. No, you could have given me a thousand dollars, and it, I would have never guessed it because it's it, it's harsh. Now that album, that Black Flag album, is on the one thousand one albums you need to hear before you die. Yeah. So is uh, the Sex Pistols. Sex album, Pistols. So. I yeah. yeah, I can understand. Wow. So we're going to talk a little bit more about punk, though, as we dig into New Wave, because it doesn't ignore... Wait, wait hold on a second. Mikey, yep. where are you on punk? I've never heard you play a punk song. Now, some of the lighter punk I can deal with. The Black Flag's a little extreme for me. Got it. Greg? Yeah, punk's not something that I ever got into. No, okay. No, right. no, no. I didn't think so either. All right, so none of us are doing the punk uh, episode. No, next no, no, Got no. it. No. All right, so again, New Wave doesn't ignore punk, but it's certainly trying to move beyond. Punk. Okay. So another popular genre that New Wave was moving past is this one, which I know you guys will know. Yeah. Love it. So this is Disco Inferno by the Tramps. I was, I was trying to figure out who it was. I, I don't think I would have gotten the Tramps. It's such an iconic song. I'm not going to talk much about disco because actually you talked a little bit about it on your post disco yeah. funk yeah. Uh, episode that came out a yep. little while ago. That it's excellent, by the way. For those of you who haven't listened to it, go back and listen. Thanks. That, that was a fun one. That's a very cool genre, and you talk a little bit more about disco. But I will only say that New Way was trying to look beyond and kind of move beyond disco. Are there elements that bridge the two? Or There's no? really not very many elements. Okay, because I I was trying to make the point that post disco has some of the elements Correct. of disco where. Are you maybe suggesting they wanted to like just put put it past them and just go someplace totally different? Correct. Okay, got it. All right. All right. New another genre that New Wave was trying to look to move past also is this one. Let's see if you can figure out. Yeah, I think everybody here knows this. Song, for sure. Right? Yep. And what are you saying that they're they're taking elements of this or looking past this no, as well? Looking past this. Okay. As well, okay. So. I'll let Freddie sing for a second. We will rock you by Queen. Do you want to take a guess what they called this type of music back in the late 70s, what the genre was for it? For that specifically, that kind of music? That, that kind of music, yeah. I would have said rock. No. So I, arena rock. Arena rock. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I have heard that term before, and that does make sense. Yeah. And it stayed pretty popular, you know, throughout the 80s, too, with Van Halen, yeah. Guns N' Roses, Journey, yep. even like Poison, some of the glam yeah. you know, hair, hair bands. Big, loud anthem-like style rock music. Right. And, yeah. and, and all that rock, has it has a strong blues back, backbone, right? Okay. Even though it's not the blues itself, New Wave didn't really want to be that either. Okay. 
All right. All right. So now you're showing me everything it isn't. Yep. One more, one more what it isn't. Okay. Love so, it. of course, devotees of this show that yeah. listened to some of our last <laughs> stuff will know that this is What a Fool Believes. We've played this song on more episodes than maybe any other song. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's such a great song. It comes up so frequently. Wait, maybe it'll be my new Elvis gag. I'll just play this song <laughs> instead of making you mad about Elvis not writing his own music. Yes. Yes. So, of course, that, that, that's Yacht Rock, uh, the genre there. And my brother Michael and I obviously love that, uh, yeah, that, that, that genre. Job We've that. done yep. two podcasts on it. But New Wave also wanted to move beyond what was termed as kind of corporate rock. Oh, okay. Smooth, mellow favorites. Yeah. And not, not just Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock is a subsection, I think, of smooth, easy, you know, adult light, contemporary, adult light, contemporary, easy listening stuff. That yeah. was very pushed by the corporate labels. Okay. New Wave is trying to move beyond that, too. Got it. So then what is it? Right, so now that we've covered what it's not, let's talk about what New Wave is. So okay. unlike Yacht Rock, which that had a pretty tight criteria that when we went through it. Yeah. And the guys that, that, that came up with it you know, had, had very specific reasons for why it was Yacht Rock. Right. New, New Wave, it casts a much wider net. Okay. So, and trust me, I, I searched extensively for a Yachtsky type scale, <laughs> like, like a, yeah, a right. new wave or old right. wave right. scale, so right. to say, but to right. no avail. Okay. But I will tell you that we're going to hear way more diversity in sound, at least from my new, new wave selections, I don't know about Mike's, than we did with Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock is pretty tightly you know, wound in terms of like, like the yeah. songs that we listen to, yeah. a lot of them are very similar. Right. There, there, there's going to be more diversity in the sound here. Okay. So it, it, it's much more of a broad category. And if, if this is something that you liked, which I'm still wondering, I mean, we could easily do five episodes on it because there's no so, many, so many songs to pick from. But let me hit some of the criteria that's okay. accepted like in the general music expert realm. Okay. Time period, which you brought up earlier. Yeah. It's pretty much 1977 to the late 80s, like as far as probably 1989. So almost a little over a decade. Yep. yep. Late 70s to late 80s. Correct. Okay. Okay. And as I alluded to earlier. So, because, okay, sorry, wow. No, no, go no, ahead, go uh, forgive me, because we just said we talked about post-punk. Uh, sorry. We talked about post-disco. And post-disco is like literally 79 to about 85, 6, let's say. And then we're talking about Yacht Rock. It's, it's kind of in that same category as well, time-wise. Yep. So now this is a whole other genre that's kind of coexisting with those as well. Correct. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. So it is, I, I am thinking maybe I will know some of the songs and not know that that's the category they belong in. I'm wondering what I would call that category then. When you play these songs, which I have no idea what songs you're going to play, I'm wondering what I would call them. Okay, good. No, you know? I, 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 okay. I'll be interested as we get through this, okay. what, okay. what, what you okay. think some of them are. So. Okay, okay. So secondly, as I alluded to earlier, it has a reduced blues influence. Yep. So whereas most rock up until this point was so heavily blues-derived, New Wave is really trying to move beyond like the 12-bar sort of stuff. Got it. Another criteria, rhythmic experimentation. So you'll see in my choices, and I think Mike's too, that the rhythm sections are wide and varied, and you're going to hear rhythm sounds like ones from West Africa, from the Caribbean, uh, stuff that you may not have heard in the 50s, 60s, you know, early 70s. I did not think you were going to just say that. Now, but that's not everything either, though. Some of them are going to have very limited uh, rhythm in, in exchange for something oh, okay. else, which I'll also discuss. All right. So, because as it relates to rhythm, the fourth uh, aspect here is that it has a significant synthesizer-driven aspect. Okay. To, to this music. Okay. 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 So sometimes, again, 
the rhythm section is minimized as a result of that heavy synth, the guitar as well. Okay. But some of the, some of the new wave bands still do employ you know, a decent amount of guitar. And you'll also hear that in some of my selections. But electronic music is certainly coming to the forefront as it relates to uh, this you know, like to, to new wave. Like it did with post-disco. Okay. This is maybe the rock version of that a bit. So and let me play. Let me play one song that is not considered new wave. It's probably it's one of the you know precursors to uh, okay to new wave. Okay, here you go. Ooh, is this Kraftwerk? It is Kraftwerk. All right, I know Kraftwerk. So you know Kraftwerk. I do, but only because of hip hop. Oh wait, they sample them all the time. Oh yeah. If not top three, top five for sure. I mean Kraftwerk is the backbone of so much of what hip-hop is and became. Yeah. Yeah. German band, right? German band. German band. But you're saying New Wave is not this either, though. No. But it's the infancy of it, the beginnings of it. They're like parts of it. Right. So this is is Trans-Europe Express. Trans-Europe Express. Wow. Trans-Europe Express. It's funny how bad this sounds now or how how digitized it sounds now i shouldn't say bad it's just it sounds like but it was so revolutionary it was it was unheard of at the time it was so unique and new and like what the heck is that well and so we were talking earlier tonight before we started the podcast about how we listened to, my, my friends and i listened to all the pitchfork you know top 100 albums of the decade for 1970s i think trans europe express was the number 6 album no that they picked. Kidding. yeah very, very influential. So I didn't realize how much they did with rap. Probably should have. Oh, but enormous. Like, even like one of Mike's favorite bands, Coldplay. Yeah, yeah. Derives a, a lot. Cra- yeah, again, is a craft work. Craft work. Yeah. So yep. Yep. the new wave stuff. Again, it, it borrows this electronic um, okay. sensibility. Okay. All right. I'm getting a picture now. Okay. So he- again, he- heavy, heavy, heavy synthesizer. Synth. Right. Got it. Uh, and then in the beginning, so new wave and post punk were kind of, kind of intertwined. But the more guitar driven side of what what was new wave became just called post punk like like you two Got they it. weren't called new wave at this point but the stuff that stuck to the synth became kind of, okay. kind, of okay. kind of the basis for new wave okay all right so next even though they were looking to move beyond punk there is definitely a punk energy to a lot of the songs in new wave yeah i know yep so we'll hear if mike's has those you're going to hear it in some of mine but what you won't hear you won't hear the same cacophony again of that that harsh lyrics and they're not trying to be political they're not trying to make a statement necessarily so you're going to lose some of that, but you're going to hear some of that supercharged, upbeat you know, sounds okay. in some of the songs. Yep. And then a couple that, that I did that you won't. So again, definitely a wide net here with, yeah. with New Wave. All right, final aspect of New Wave. And I alluded to this earlier when we talked about Yacht Rock. It's not corporate rock. So it didn't come from the big labels of the day. Okay. New Wave artists, you know, those, some of the labels would eventually recognize the appeal and grab some of the artists that sprang from it. Um, but that, that wasn't the original. The original New Wave guys were kind of independence and going on their own. So Greg Shaw, in a 1978 issue of Billboard magazine, noted that artist-owned labels, once meaningful only as demos or varieties, are now commercially viable thanks to new wave uh, marketing systems. So this was definitely an alternative to the large music publishers. And alternative is a key word because uh, pacemagazine.com remarked in in a 2020 article on the top 50 new wave albums that in... In many ways, New Wave gave hope to independent bands playing in burgeoning local scenes. The college radio boom of the 80s and the indie rock of the 21st century both owe a lot to New Wave bands. 
Got it. I'm getting a picture now of where this is and what it is. But I am still very curious of what, <laughs> what the songs are going to be. All right. Because you've told me what it isn't and what it's kind of came from. But all right. All right I'm ready. All right. So okay. I, I've said a lot okay. so far. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and do the first song if you're ready? You want me to go? Okay. So my first new wave pick was released in 1982. Okay. It was the fourth single off the debut self-titled album of this band. Okay. Uh, the vocalist had a famous hairdo uh, that, you know, he had some wing-like styles, and uh, it was appropriately due to the name of the band. Just coincidentally, but okay. uh, the band's name was Flock of Seagulls. I know Flock of Seagulls. This is not their it's most... It's not Iran? It's or? not their most popular song. It is not that song. Okay. However, yeah. this one did reach number 30 on the Billboard charts. And it has lasted the test of time. It was in The Wedding Singer. It was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, it, it's still widely accepted today. Uh, for me, I think the synths are heavy. The okay. guitars are heavy. Uh, but the lyrics are pretty simple. And, uh, you know, because of that, they had a tough time coming up with the title. Okay. Until uh, the lead guitarist, Paul Reynolds, said, this sounds like a space-age love song. So this is Flock of Seagulls with Space Age Love Song. I think you'll know what you did. Wow. It's a great song. I love the synths, the drums, the guitar all together. I don't think I've heard it. Wait till the focus. It's a long intro. It's long. That's a great guitar riff. Yeah. I hear what it is now. Like, I'm getting an idea, a picture of what the category is. If this is, if this I, is kind of it. This is New Wave. Okay. Me. All right. 100%. Yeah? Okay. know it? No. Oh, wow. Wow. Mike, you're 0 for 2. Great tune, though. It's a great one. I know the other Flock of Seagulls song that you had said, like the most popular one, I ran, but I don't know this one. What would I have called this? I would have said this was 80s. I just would have said 80s. This is 80s music to me. I would not have said new wave. So that's new wave. Wow. Do you have more to say about that? No. Other than I, I love the song. I've loved the song for a long time. Again, before I knew what new wave was. Really? And yeah, I think it was just playing video games. It was in one of the video games I had. And oh, no kidding. Super catchy. Like I said, the drums, the synths, the yeah, guitars. It's got a really good pace. Such a good, yeah, yeah. such yeah. a good pace. And yeah. simple lyrics. So... Here's what I have to say about it. That was going to be my second song. <laughs> no! Yeah. And I, no way! I, and I picked it, and when we texted about it, you know, last night I think we were talking about it, I thought maybe you'd pick Iran. Okay. Um, but you picked the same one that I picked. No! And, That's and, so and funny. Iran is definitely, obviously, the, the more bigger popular hit. of the two. Yeah, the bigger hit. One thing is, you, there, there's definitely no doubt that when you, if you had to pick one person to 
like like epitomize what the what, what new wave looked like. It's it's the guy from Flock of Seagulls, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that who now hair. is unfortunately bald, like right. like like oh, like three of us here. No. But back in the day, that that hairdo that was like yeah, so was, yeah, new was, like, wave, jacked up and yeah, heavily sprayed, right? Yeah, it, absolutely. So the Aquanet, yeah, right. The only other thing I want to say about it is that MTV made. Uh, Flock of Seagulls and a lot of the other New Wave artists. I don't think New sure. Wave would have ever been as big as it was had it not been for the music videos and especially the bands from England like Flock of Seagulls that really figured out. I didn't know they were a British band. Yep. Really figured out how, the look and the yes. You know, they they figure out how to do the video and how to make it look you know appealing to to the mass market yep. audience. Really. So I think MTV was very influential and this song I, certainly Iran for sure. What was a big part of that? I would have said that this is MTV quintessential early 80s music. I would not have said New Wave. But that's just because I don't know what the category is. But now I get it. I get it. All right, Kev. Your turn. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Here is my first entry into the New Wave podcast. Am I going to know this? Probably not. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that droning undertone of synth. Yep. Nice crisp percussion. Definitely. What's that bass Bass. I love when they, when a song gets layered on top, like keeps yep. going. You start with one instrument, then two, then three, then four. I love that. Oh, more synth. Now you got the synth. Kind of heavy, like melodic synth. vocals come in, I think you're going to recognize who it is. You, I was just going to ask you, will I know the band? Is it a person or a band? It's a single artist. Okay. Is it Gary Newman? It's Gary Newman. Oh, God. So this is Gary Newman's films. Nope. Don't know it. Wow. All right, wait. Why why, why this song? All right. Other than the fact that I, I understand melodically or the instrumentation and the elements you're trying to show me of the genre. I totally get that. But why, why'd you pick this one? Okay, so this is from his debut album, 1979's The Pleasure Principle. Okay. Mike, I can't remember exactly what the genesis of this podcast was. I think it might have been you were talking about one of your friends that listened to a band that we consider New Wave. Sounds different than this. I'm not going to say who it is because you might, or your friend Arvin, but I'm not going to say who the band was. But yeah. as soon as you said that, I immediately thought, all right, you know what I love about New Wave? I love this album, The Pleasure Principle. Really? And yeah, I didn't know it until I started doing the 1001 albums. This is on there. And so I've been listening to, to you know, again, every single record on that list for, for you know, two years, still have about 250 to listen to. But when I encountered this record, I was like absolutely floored as to how good it was. Seriously? Yeah. It, it, so remember the, Claf, the Kraftwerk clip? Yeah. You can tell that you know, Kraftwerk's clearly had an influence yep. on, on Gary, yep. right? Yep. Now, everybody's going to remember this song instead. Yep, this one I know. This one I know. Yeah. It 
so, it, so this is cars. Yeah, like this is new. this is in the same genre though, right? Would you consider this? Of course, it's new. Okay, yeah, it's okay, okay. So, just making sure. Yeah. So the whole album, you know, sounds very much like this. And you know, in fact, some of my friends that listened to this said it was kind of one note the album. But I'll tell you what. Oh, the guy. Okay. Absolutely, for me, nails the new wave sound. So this song hit number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Yep. Films, which I played first. Uh, that that was never even released as a single, but it's just one of the songs that when I listen to that album, I can't get away from it. Love it. And I think a big part of it is what you talked about earlier, the way he layers the sound in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. It just has that really great uh, what I what I you know would consider new wave sound. So I will plead with your listeners: take a gander at, at the album, The Pleasure. I will Principle. do it. Uh, I think you'll really like it. And he may. Could I push see, you? Sorry. Could I push you to say? Would it be one of, if not your favorite album of the genre? So, he might be my patron saint. No, no of, of kidding. New, he might be my Michael McDonald or my Kenny Loggins. <laughs> if not, he's definitely, I think, on the Mount Rushmore of New Wave for me. But again, it's a wide net. So okay. It could be. Okay. People okay. People are going to have very different Mount Rushmore. Okay. Okay. Again, I, I'm seeing more of what this genre is to me, and it was its early 80s. That's what I would have called it. So, Same. Kevin, if there's no synths, do you think it's not new wave no i think you can absolutely have new wave without the synths okay good because one of my songs my third pick has no synths. Yeah. Good. so wait is it the and you can and if you want to wait to answer this question to get to your song but does it sound the instruments that are not the instruments that are there because they're not synths do they sound a bit filtered or digitized a bit to have that same kind of sound or does it sound like clean the way I wouldn't say it's super clean okay. but okay. Um, I'm just wondering it's, if it's still electronic in a way no no okay so, Jason you're gonna hear diversity of sound tonight okay okay you said that you for did sure. say that okay for sure. okay 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 so my second song I know for sure is new wave okay because uh, I looked up a list of top 33 new wave songs of all time this was ranked number two okay uh, so it's my safe pick I really like this song uh, it was released in 1980 as a non-album single. It deals, okay, with, okay. it deals with the lead singer Ian Curtis's marriage troubles and his battle with his epilepsy diagnosis the year before. Nice. Ooh. Uh, to me, this, this is just embodies new wave. Uh, it only reached number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. But it hit number one on the UK indie chart and... Interestingly, it's number 41 on the Rolling Stone Top 500 Songs It is time. not. Whoa. Yeah. I, I have to know this then. So, also, just one more bonus fact. Also a song from Donnie Darko. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that has come up many times on this podcast. It's a great movie that you both one love. One of my favorites. Yep. Great movie. So, this is Joy Division with Love Will Tear Us Apart. Come on, you have to know I this I don't song. know if I do. Hold on. No. I don't think so. Wait for the vocals. All right. I think we wait a while for the vocals, don't we? No. You've never heard this song? I have never until tonight. Unless unbeknownst to me, I've never heard this song. 
it's pretty recognizable. Yeah, if you've no. then you've never yeah, heard it. You, you wow. would know. Seriously, Greg, help me out. Have you never watched Donnie Darko? No, I have, but I don't remember it. I, of course, it was, I, I've it was seen background the, in the party. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. The, but this is the hook right here. It fits that party. It, it fits the vibe of the whole movie, right? actually. Yeah. Have you heard this? Definitely not. And the lyrics are so far in the background. It's like the, it is yeah, the very, it is, they're it is, buried. They're in known the mix. for their yeah. muted. Well, this this group in particular. That, yeah, Ian Curtis. Give me the give me the band, the name of the song, and the year, please. It's uh, Joy Division. Love will tear us apart from 1980. Okay, and he he died not too long after that. He right? died, yeah, oh, like no a kidding. couple months after this. Um, and this was not on an album, right? Wasn't it right. a single? It was yeah, a so non-album said, yeah. single. Wow. Yep. Mike, I was really close to picking that one too. Right. So. <laughs> you guys are like almost related. How did that make? Yeah. Rolling How does that? Stones yeah. Yeah. 50? Yeah. I was surprised to read that actually. I'm no, not okay. at all. I, I don't but know I the genre. The I don't know the genre. I don't know. You know, obviously, I'm 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 so new to even understanding what it means to be in the genre. Is that um, quintessential? New wave, like that, is that that, that yeah. song in particular? Absolutely, like okay. I said, yeah. Number two on that that list, I had it was on. I looked at like three lists. It was on all of them. Gotcha. Now I will say their albums though are much more dour than that. Not that that was upbeat or anything, but really? they're even more dour and depressing yep. than that. Yeah, I wow. don't really like a whole lot of stuff from Joy Division other than that song. Wow. All right, I'm up. You ready for the next one? We are ready. This sounds punky to me. It sounds punky, and, and there's no you. synths. I was going to ask you what you thought. I think it's punk. It is kind of punky. I kind of, I kind of like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have heard this. Only because that's like unmistakably like recognizable. Do you know who it is? Yes, it's punky, so I'm not totally happy about that. But I think it's a little, a little more subdued. It's a little more melodic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uncontrollable or urge by Devo. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's from their debut album. It's called "Question: Are We Not Men?" Answer: We Are Devo. You know the one of the reasons Ooh. I like it, Jason. By the way, but why I like the song. Go ahead. Lead off tune. Oh yeah, that is a great lead off tune. So that's a great album opener. It has definitely got the punk energy for sure, right? But I think, like I said earlier, I think it's much more melodic. Um, and there's no calling out to overthrow the queen or anything like that. And hang on, because you were saying about no synth. But hold on one second. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, here we go. Yep. There was never that kind of sound in a no, punk song. No, uh-uh. Would not work. Okay, got it. Okay, now, okay. Now, okay. Ev- everybody's going to know this what one. Year, what year, what year, what uh, year? This was 1978. I was going to say, it sounds older. You know, younger in the genre. But, yeah. but everybody's going to know the song from them that came out in 1980. Yeah, for sure. Does this sound more new wave to you? It does. 
Again, no, I would have said 80s. I would have said punk for the first one, and I would have said, <laughs> said just 80s for this. But now I'm getting it. Yep. So this is Whip It by yep. Devo. Now I see what you're doing. You're playing me. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You're giving me the deep track, which is what I would consider a deep track. And then you're giving me the pop, like the hit. Well, I think what I want to show you, too, is that punk was not completely removed from New Wave. Yeah. Right. Remember, another part of the thing, these guys, they weren't on a major record label. So this was, again, alternative, really? alternative music. That, that, and, and again, didn't have the same uh, harshness, I think, that, that, that punk did overall. Okay. Uh, now, the guy that, that fronts um, Devo, Devo, his name is Mark Mothersbaugh. Do you guys know what else he's famous for? No. I don't he, think so. So he did all the music for the animated show Rugrats. No which, way. Which I don't think I didn't watch that. That was uh, obviously a lot younger than me. Was it younger than you guys did? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I know it, but I don't think we've ever seen it. He provided the musical score for four of Wes Anderson's movies. Oh, no wow. way. Including The Royal Tenenbaums, which I know is one of Mike's favorites. Yes, it is. And uh, Life Aquatic. No way. So and so they never released the, the song I played, Uncontrollable Urge, but it it is the first song, and that album, that that initial Devo album, is on the One Thousand and One albums. You must hear. Wow. Before you die. Okay. Their new wave. Okay. Okay. Yep. I, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Okay. Mikey, you're next. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, this song has no synths. Okay. But I considered it a new wave mainly because the band is new wave okay um because i'm sticking with joy division kind of (laughs) it was one of the last songs composed by ian curtis the lead singer who had passed away okay actually they recorded it four days before his death the last recording of it it was like still a demo oh wow um however he never wrote down the lyrics and you heard his muted voice in the last song so they had to really struggle to figure out what exactly he was saying. No kidding. You know, they had the music composed, but his lyrics, they had to use a graphic equalizer to try and approximate no way. the lyrics of the That's song. interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, so although the you know remaining members of the band were saddened, they were determined to continue the legacy, um, but reform the band under the name New Order. No! Wait, this doesn't have synth? Okay, play it. Wow. I don't think so. Wow. So that's uh, a cool story. So yep. So now on vocals is the guitarist Bernard Sumner, and uh, they released the, re- the re-released the song in 1981. And the, I don't hear the synths. All right, let's see. Um, but it still has the great drums and guitars that are killer and that kind of a little bit of a punky beat to it. Right. This is uh, originally by Joy Division, but a New Order song called Ceremony. Cool. I do like that. This is a great song. It's one of my favorites. Wow. Maybe not sense, but it's definitely more an electric sounding. Right. Like, yeah, when right. I say electric, yeah, yeah. like right. it's an electric guitar, but but there's also that component, if I may, um, like where there is it's it's polyphonic in that there's so many little yeah. things going on at the same time. That's what I love about it. Do you is that is that really one of the things oh, you Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite part. 
because synths tend to do that. There's like a line for that synth, and then there's like a certain melody for this synth, and a certain one for this one. Okay. And then what, the way they all come together, it's like it, they create something even bigger than themselves. It, okay. It's hey, really cool. Bach is my favorite composer. There you man. go. I okay. love polyphony. There you go. Polyphony. Still oh, dude, muted. it's so muted. Kind of kicks in in a few seconds here, though. It's cool. It's moody. Yeah. I know you like that kind of I stuff. Do. Yeah. What's the year? 1981. You know what's funny, Mike? I would have said maybe late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It's a really good song. It's a good song. It, yeah, it's a good tune. Is it off the album Power, Corruption, and Lies? Uh, it was... Or was it, just a, was it just a single? It was like part of a four-song single... Uh, and like then an re-release, yeah, re-released on a, a later album. So I think in it's on Power, Corruption, and Lies. You would love that album. Okay. If, if you like this song, listen to that whole album. It's great. I will. Uh, this one, this one's maybe my favorite so far. Honestly, I really do it's like it. It's my favorite of the, of the picks. That, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good tune. It's yeah. the most... One that hits me melodically the most. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I why. I love the melody, the drums, just everything about it. Yeah, it, it works. It works. Good, yep. good choice. All right, very cool. All right, Kev, where are we going now? All right, here's the next one. You guys ready? Yep. Jason, I think you'll know this three seconds in. Okay. All right, maybe 10 seconds. Little sin? Good baseline? Hold on. Yep, yep. No, come on. I don't. I'm so sorry. You know this song. I don't. I've never heard this song in my entire life. I've never been so incredulous on this I'm podcast. I'm so wait, sorry. Wait, wait till so the hook. Wait okay, okay, the hook. okay, okay, okay. Sounds like Blondie to me. Yeah, I never heard that one. No. Never heard in my life. Nope. Wow. No. Wow. You've never heard Our Lips Are Sealed no. by the Go-Go's. No. No. I told you. I've definitely I'm, heard I'm that surprised. song before. I'm sorry. I, I would be honest with you. I mean, there'd be, playing it. I, you know this song. I don't think I do. Go ahead. 100%. When I say I'm incredulous, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying that <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you didn't know that song. No, that, I don't. That How would an, I know it? I mean, That I'm, was an MTV staple. I knew of any genre, this is one no, of the ones right, you would know right. least about, but right. I'm, that was a like a radio song. Correct. Right? I know more about 80s Latin, yes. like... Mexican music than I do New this. Wave, yes. clearly. No, for sure. So, Because I, I think a lot of people wouldn't even consider the Go-Go's to be New Wave. Right. Why? What would they be? Pop. Just, oh, just oh, straight oh, pop. I see. Okay. Which, right. obviously, it, that's a very poppy song. Sounds but as you it. heard, you, know, you, you had a nice bass line. You had, you had some synth kind yep. of layered in underneath. But it, it's definitely New Wave. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, in terms of New Wave, it, it's got a little bit of punk energy. They were a punk band before... They did um, before they did this album, which was called Beauty and the Beat, okay. in 1981. And it's it's not very bluesy, right? Right. So again, we talked about it, New Wave not being bluesy. Definitely has some synth to it, and it's got a pretty good and varied rhythm to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, the, probably the biggest thing about it 
is that it was released on a record label called IRS Records. Okay. So same label that did REM. Oh. So it, it wasn't Capital. Right. It wasn't Motown. Right. It wasn't Warner Brothers. Right. So it was just quiet, a uh, little record label that a guy by the name of Miles Copeland, uh, the third, who was the son of a CIA officer, he founded in the late 70s. Do you have any idea who his brother might have been? Miles Copeland? Stuart? Stuart Copeland from? The police. From the no police. No kidding. So he nice co- job, Mikey. So he convinced Jerry Moss, wow. who was the owner of AM, A&M Records, who had the police, to create this much smaller, uh, what they call international record syndicate label that would seek out these new wave talents like the Go-Go's. Again, they were a punk band prior to this and came out with a more poppy, you can put some synth in it. Um, and no way. So yeah, R.E.M. was another wall of voodoo. And they, so he helped bring these burgeoning bands into the musical mix. And there's no doubt that MTV helped the Go-Go's for, for sure. So did you watch much MTV when you were I a kid? I did, I did, but I don't... Th- Maybe not during this time, because remember, we've talked about this before, during the early 80s, mid 80s, I was listening to the Beatles and the Stones and okay. classic rock and learning that on guitar. I be, that was my thing. And when everyone was listening to the radio or watching MTV, I was, I was listening to those songs. So, no, it must have just missed me. So Arla Priscilla, that, that's my favorite Go-Go song. That's why I played it. Mikey, you knew that one for sure. I did, yeah. Right, okay. And it reached number 20 on the, um, on the Hot 100 so billboard. So it was a hot, it was a hit. It was a big hit. And, no. and so I didn't even download their number one hit, which, which is We Got the Beat. Yeah, okay, I, I do know I, that one. I, well, I figured for sure you'd know Arla Priscilla too. No, but, nope, sorry. Yeah. But anyways, wow. so diversity and sound. New Wave is not as tightly knit as I think your post-disco funk is yeah. as, as Yacht Rock, Yacht Rock and some of the other ones yes got it very cool wide net wow alright Mikey so I wasn't sure this was New Wave right. um, because I thought it might be late but according to Kevin's uh, intro it falls it's 87 oh yeah that's All right. in there alright um, and the band is definitely part of the New Wave movement uh, the band is Depeche Mode okay I know the band. And it's a timely song. In what way? Which I mean, it's, uh, it's recently seen a resurgence oh. due to uh, its appearance in a popular show on HBO called The Last of Us. Oh, no Any kidding. Are you watching that? No. All right. So it's an apocalyptic uh, yeah. show. Uh, and I'll just give you the, the little background on, on that. So... Uh, the main character's name is Joel. Again, the guy that played in Narcos. Correct. Right. Yeah. And they're in this quarantine zone, and there's no uh, communication outside. And uh, however, they are able to get, have radios and communicate through radios. Okay. So he's a smuggler, and when songs from the '60s come on, it means nothing isn't stopped. Oh, come on! When songs from the '70s come on, it means. There's items available to smuggle. Come on in. And when 80 songs come on, that's brilliant. It means there's trouble ahead. Oh, that's really cool. Danger. That's pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, end of the first episode, they're trying to escape the quarantine zone, and, and they actually kind of cut through the fence, and they're getting ready to head out into the darkness um, with everything out there. And there's a flashback back to Joel's apartment, and it's dark, and then his radio lights up. And this song plays. No, that's cool. All right. So this is Depeche Mode with Never Let Me Down Again. (laughs) 
not surprised you don't know it, Jason. I know the band for sure. I don't think I know the song. Definitely that electronic sound to it. No blues. That fits the genre perfectly. Good tune. Okay. So I I really enjoy this song. I do watch the show, but I knew this song before that. Right. And it just made me like it even more. Uh, And then in a later episode, there's an acoustic version, which it's the writer's daughter that sings it acoustically at during the credits oh, of no one of the kidding. next ones. So, yeah, it's gaining popularity. Streams are way up. It's, it's on TikTok. So Very it's cool. Kind of like a Gary Jules-like reinterpretation. Yes. Slower and softer. And, and they're kind of uh, relating it to, like, Kate Bush with the Stranger Things. Ah, gotcha. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not heard this song before. It's really good. You should you should take a listen. So many new songs for me to listen to. All right, good choice. Good, good choice. All right, so Jason, get, give me your synopsis after listening. What, what do you, what do you right. think about the genre? Okay, uh, it's not my kind of music, but there are elements of it I really like. I really like it. Okay. Um, I, I didn't know what this category meant, literally, when we started this episode, and now I do. And I feel like in prior to it, it was, it was what I thought early 80s, mid-80s music was that wasn't... Um, you know, R&B or like we talked about post-disco or Yacht Rock. I thought this was just what everything else was. Everything okay. else in the 80s sounded like this to me. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was just 80s music, 80s pop. But it's not pop and it's not punk. And I, I think you did a great job telling me what it isn't. And that really did help. I think it has the beginning elements of alternative music. For sure. Yep. And I don't love alternative music. Okay. I like it. I don't love it. It's not my favorite. And I think that maybe that's where this falls for me. <laughs> now, now that I've got your reaction to some of these songs. Okay. If that's, we, that's the best way I can describe it. If, if we ever do New Wave 2, Here Comes a Bigger Wave, I'll have to yeah. really figure out where I'm going. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. You ready for me to close it out, though? Yes. Go ahead. Right, take so it out. Take what do you guys want to take out on a song that you guys probably didn't realize that this band was New Wave, and they're probably not totally New Wave, but this song for sure is. And I will say, Jason... Also, for sure, I'm going to do this album as one of the no classic way. album series. Okay. It's on the it's on the 1001. You ready? Okay, ready. Mikey, you know this? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Should I even say what it is? Hey, give me a second. Yeah, wait. I know that voice. I definitely don't know it. Yeah. Wait, Mikey's got a, like a glimmer in his eye there. I know the song. So it's off the debut album by a self-titled album. Okay. By a band called The Cars. Oh wow! This is moving in stereo. And this has been New Wave, Jason. Wow. All right, then with that, we will say thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.